I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over 100 speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage, so you're going to enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Okay, um, thanks for having me, Nathan, and FounderPath team. Um, I'm happy to be here, and we'll wake you guys up anyway. I can see you guys on your laptops and phones and all that. So hopefully we can be moderately entertaining and uh, that you could learn a little bit about, uh, about this you know, from my story and the story of Distro. So um, to tell you a little bit about what, what we're going to talk about, uh, we are... Um, tell you a little bit about my background. So, so I was in my last semester at, uh, at school in my undergrad, and I was about to go to law school. I was literally two weeks away from taking the LSAT, and I had this huge change of heart. And I'm like, I, I need to be an entrepreneur. And so anyway, I started my first company in 2013 um, after leaving school, sold that three and a half years later, um, and then in 2016 started um, a, a company called Jump, and that—that's what's a little bit more, a little bit more relevant, you know, preceding Distro. And um, having started started that company, um, I I knew what I wanted to do at at Jump, and I wanted to to study. I did study like what everyone else was doing. Like I looked at Silicon Valley. I subscribed to Crunchbase. I interviewed all these people and I like put together this like perfect plan of what a business should be, what a startup should be like, you know, so anyway, I'm having a conversation with a friend and, and this, this friend tells me, uh, or asks me like, all right, how's it going? How, how's it going building this business? I'm like, oh, it's going really great. Um, like I'm, I'm recruiting the right people from these really cool companies We're we're raising we're raising money from these these big investors, um, and for a little context, that jump we'd raised about ten million, and we got to about eighty people by the time we had sold in two thousand nineteen. And um, you know, I gave him this whole plan of all the things that we were going to do, right? And he looks at me, he's like, "Dude, like, sounds like you got it all figured out. You sound like very, very prescriptive." And I was like, "Okay, that's fair." He's like, "There's no one way to do anything." I'm like, "That's also fair." And so fortunately, that conversation kind of woke me up a little bit about how to, how to do things. And so like, definitely, you could raise your hands if you want to, but like, who here keeps modeling and emulating everything that happens in San Francisco as the way to success? I did it. I know, I know there's more of you assholes out there that have done it, okay? So, um, so anyway, the point is, is that there's more than one way to get the result that you're looking for. And so I'm just going to share a few of them that we did at my last company a few years back and some things that we did a little bit differently, you know, at Distro that we're doing today. So um, I'll tell you, tell you a little bit about like 
what we do at distro for for a little bit of context here in a second but over the next little bit we're going to talk about some um some strategies and product and we're really going to talk more about strategies i'm not going to give you like a lot of tactics today maybe some ideas you might get but um and then we're going to look at at product and how you know what are some things that we can we can do in product and finance and then uh, ultimately on the on the people side so um Again, a little bit more context about distro. So when I was growing my last startup, we were spending like about a million a month uh, in total expenses and like 900,000 or so, some, somewhere in that range, it's been like four years or something. Um, we were spending on, on payroll. And of that, about a third of that was going to our engineering team. And I remember thinking like, this is crazy. And I, my engineers were getting recruited like right and left. Has anybody had that issue before? Like your people getting recruited away from you? Yeah, welcome, right? Um, it's still happening, even though the market's been weird the last few months. But, but anyway, it's, it's gotten really bad. And so the idea was that we could, we could create another method for people to hire directly people around the globe. And that's what Distro is. It's a marketplace to find, hire, and pay. So we, we went ahead and, and put the idea together in the fall of 2021. Um, and then in the, by the spring of 2022, we started selling in April. And then in June, we started having our first contract or customers uh, that, that we were invoicing. And you can see here um, going through, you know, the revenue growth. And, and I'll talk to you in a second about what happened in September, October, kind of, the, you know, and some lessons learned there. So going over the first section, what I want to talk to you about is thinking about creative ways and unconventional ways to, um, to test your market, to test your product um, by building an MVP. Okay, so who here is a product or engineering leader? Okay, cool. With more pride, raise them a little bit higher. Okay, okay. So you're the worst offenders um, of of what happens here. So typically, everyone says they won't do it, but everyone literally does it. They say they won't like take a long time to build their product, but then another month gets added, another month gets added. Like who who's guilty of this? You all freaking do it. Don't lie to me. Okay, so. Whether you're building a new product or launching a feature in your product, I think the principle is the same. Like, don't forget this. Figure out a way to launch faster. That is so important. You can drive a lot of revenue very quickly by, by launching faster. I can't tell you how many startup you know, entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, whatever you want to call them, keep telling me like, oh yeah, I'm building my product. Well, when did you start? Two and a half years ago. Okay, you've lost. You've lost before you've even begun. Um, so I'll, I'll show you some examples of that. So getting to a sellable version as quick as possible and then funding, um, uh, talk a little bit about that and then, uh, you know, how to, how to launch now. So I pretty much already said that don't wait like at all, like launch as soon as you can. There's always arguments that it's not good enough. There's always a reason to, to, uh, to wait. Okay. In the particular example of distro, here was our challenge. We had just enough seed money that I put in to, to get the business started, and we didn't want to wait very long. We wanted to start selling immediately. We thought a full-blown product would take us about a year to build, really at best nine months. But I knew like, you know, we were sandbagging ourselves a little bit. And so I remember we took our team together and we're like, you know, a few of our founding members, and we modeled out what the product should look like, which is over here on this right side. Okay, I know you can't read all the details of it, but basically this is the user journey and customer experience. Then what we did is we tweaked it to say, 
what components can we test manually or using someone else's product? Okay. Again, you can do this with a, like a full-on product. You could do this with a feature. So we did this right away. So our engineering team got going on building our actual web application. And then we got going on building what we can do to actually test the model. It was amazing. In the first few months, we started building product. Within, I don't know, six weeks or so, we learned that what we had already built needed to be deleted. What if we had built that for a year? We would be done. We would have already missed the boat. So think about that. How can you go faster? If you're the perfectionist CTO, which I know you are, because most of you are the same, like think about ways to get to the essential part of how your product creates value. For distro, it was helping somebody meet somebody worth hiring, somebody who was good enough, and how to get them paid okay, globally. So distro issues payments to, to uh, people in over 200 countries. And so we had to figure that out as quickly as possible. So that's what we did. And going back to that revenue graph, within a matter of a few months, we figured out a way to add value and get to market fast, which would help us get it where we needed to go. So a couple other examples. These are some of the, the applications that we pieced together to test this. It sounds really simple. It sounds really rudimentary. But yes, there are no code options for some of you like, you know, non-programming and, and engineering founders that like you can integrate these things very, very easily in an afternoon to be able to at least test some things. Do you really need to build out a full-scale MongoDB or could you just throw that data into Google Sheets to just test it? Or could you, could you automate some of these functions out of a CRM? The answer is yes, you can. Now, you know, there's some arguments against, you know, product-led growth models that might be a little bit more challenging depending on what the product is. But for a lot of SaaS platforms, this is possible. There we go, sorry. Okay, then the last thing on this section, um, it's really simple. There's a lot of founders that struggle with, with how to uh, get to market. Very simple. Create a list of people you know and you don't know. Make it 10, but get in touch with at least five of them. And I can, with a lot of confidence, over 90% confidence, tell you that if you asked these people a few simple questions, you know, they would answer you in a way that would surprise you. So you ask them, hey, here's a problem that I'm trying to solve, and I could use your help. Do you have this problem too, or have you experienced it? Are you going to say yes or no, right? You already have a hunch that they do. If they say they need help, you tell them, look, I could not, will you buy this from me? Will you help me and give me feedback on it? I could really use the help. And more often than not, they will say yes. Okay, looking at, looking at financing of startup. This is really interesting. When I started my last uh, business, we, we hit the ground running and uh, I had put money in from the sale of my first company and... Um, you know, I, I, I immediately started to go out to fundraise and learned really quickly that there was many ways to do it. And somebody else taught me that I could explore debt. And uh, as a plug for Founder Path, right? Um, so there's a lot of options out there on fundraising that aren't just your traditional methods. And um, I think at least having a plan of how to do that is important and sticking to some sort of ratio or plan. Um, then, of course, managing burn is very important. There's a, a way I'll show you about that. And then financing through sales. 
Okay, going back to the first section, product. If your product is not in market and doesn't drive value on the essential problem you're trying to solve, you can't sell. Go back to that problem. Get to market as fast as possible, like as fast as possible. There's always going to be excuses to delay that. So finance through sales. Uh, this is just a, an example um, of, of from my last business, a couple of term sheets. Uh, the one on the left is a debt term sheet. I think that was for 1.5 or 3 million. Or it became 3 million. And then this, this other one here uh, was for our Series A, which at the time it was, uh, I think it was 5.5 total is what we had raised. But these are real. These do happen. Um, and just for reference, uh, anybody here have raised equity or debt? Okay, cool. Okay, so one ratio that I like to look at, this is, this is independently, so this isn't, this isn't from you know, any particular firm that, that pushes this agenda, but I like to look at it like a, like a one to, uh, you know, one-third on debt and uh, two-thirds on equity. Okay, a lot of times we think about equity and we think that equity means that like, all right, if I raise debt, I have to raise, you know, traditional equity like we think about it. But that's not the case. You can raise equity from investors or you can be profitable. You can hoard cash, okay? The more equity you have on your balance sheet, you know, the more cash you have on your balance sheet, the healthier you are to then get debt, okay? So that's, that's very, very important. So for us today, this is about how uh, we're running today at Distro. We're a little bit about 50-50, and if we needed to put a little bit more equity in, we could. And, and at Distro, we are running profitably currently. So looking here, managing burn, it is so easy. Going back to this like Silicon Valley method, it is so easy to just let it slide and let it slip and just let it keep burning. Oh, I'll raise more money. Well, guess what? Welcome to this Silicon Valley bank debacle and freaking 2023 because it's totally changed okay you're not going to raise equity e easily um so think about what it is that you're going to you know either burn or be profitable and so for us we've generally been pretty steady we had a section of time in the very first few months when we sold some of these people we asked to to let us you know give us feedback on the product and buy the product a couple of them weren't very good, and so we turned them out in that, that kind of dip that you see there, which is totally fine. Finding you know, the right customers uh, helps us grow, and you know, we added a few people in that October 2022 phase. But you can see we're, we're holding steady and paralleling our, our growth of sales and burn. Okay. All right. Um, so we'll look at... at this last section um, on, on headcount. Uh, headcount matters so much, it's the, you know, for, for our industry, it's the single largest line item on the profit and loss statement. It matters, don't screw it up. One of the, one of the Silicon Valley methods I keep kind of harping on is to just hire, 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 right? So five years ago when I was running my last company, uh, it was all, like your bragging rights were, how much did you raise? And what's your head count? We don't give a shit about that anymore, right? We want to be, we want to be profitable intentionally, and we want to have the right head count. So it's not just about hiring to hire. And so think about that. 
Constantly push yourself to be doing more with less. I promise you, your people can do more than they're doing right now. And you don't have to slave drive them. You know, you, you, you can get them to do more. And there's so many other tactics you can figure out how to do that. But I promise you, the people that are doing whatever they're doing for you now, they can do more. You don't need to hire a person to tweet. Um, so again, going back to sticking to what is essential. One other thing that's important is focusing on on your strategy and the right things. If you find yourself as a company trying to do too many things too quick, you're going to find yourself that become less priority or less prioritized. And so if you, if you hone in on the things that matter the most, you're going to need less people. Just think about that for a second. Um, and then, uh, of course, growth-based hiring. So let's go ahead and... Sorry, I keep hitting the wrong button. Okay, so this is our revenue matched with our headcount line. Okay, so the way you want to think about this strategy is, and it sounds simple, it is simple, but we all break it. We find ourselves like, oh, we need to grow, we need to hire more people. Stick to building a product, then have the sales necessary for it. And then once those sales are in, you can justify, you know, uh, what to bring on and who to hire. And so for us, I'll show you a couple of... of, uh, of, of slides. This is a headcount model uh, up here on the screen. And then next to that, we have our, our headcount model to match our sales model. And so they go hand in hand. And so as we're building sales, we invariably look at what is our headcount. And um, anyway, if you want, I'll, I'll have you, my email at the end. You can email me and we can talk more about this, but it has to work. Your sales are variable and so should your headcount be. Be smart about it. Okay? This will help you manage your burn. If you, if you do $20,000 in net sales a month and you need to hire somebody who's going to cost you $12,000, go for it. If you did $8,000 and, it, and you, you, know, you have somebody who's going to cost you twelve, dollars you need to wait another month or sell some more. Okay, In the last, in the last 20 minutes, we went over some really important things on product, uh, finance, and people, and some creative ways. I know that, that some of these things um, will help you get to, to where you want to go. There's no one way to, to build a company. You know, you can be very creative about, about what it is that, that, that uh, you're building and in, in many different ways. Follow your gut. Um, and uh, we'd be happy to talk to you guys about, about distro as far as you're growing your team. Um, feel free to come talk to me about it. It's helping a lot of startups uh, grow their teams very creatively. Thank you. Thanks so much, Chad. Yeah.